and welcome back to another episode of the Who Dat Jedi. This is episode eight, as a matter of fact, and here in the deep, deep in the heart of Gentilly in my Star Wars room, yes, is uh, Fredo and Dave. Say hi. Hi. Hello. And uh, the last episode of The Mandalorian. Season um, one. Of season one. Yes, we know there is a season two. Actually, we knew there was going to be a season two um before season one even ra- some something they let something leak or but something so now, everybody knew there was going to be another season but that's confirmed that it fall 2020 so next fall we will get season two so we're gonna have to we're gonna have to wait all the way until fall to see what happens next but this last episode man what a fun episode and it's you know we left we left on a cliffhanger um so we're gonna dive, uh, dive into that that episode but we have to do our star wars trivia I think this is kind of fun. This is <laughs> yeah, just kind of yeah. a fun Break way to start. Bit, yeah. All right. So this time, Dave will ask Fredo. Fredo will ask me, and I'll ask Dave. So go for it. Who? Well, this is so easy. But this is this is it Star Wars. Fredo, after this all. is Star yeah. Wars <laughs> trivia that everybody should, should know. Yeah, because it's the original six. So. so we're doing public service here. Who has the call sign Red Five during the first Death Star battle? Oh, no, I, that's it's for it's for you. But I'm just saying this is almost the Kyber crystals, almost <laughs> the Kyber crystals question from uh, trivia. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, it's Luke Skywalker. Although that was one fun thing about Rogue One when they introduced the original Red Five. Yeah, that's what I, that's that's what I was getting to. Yeah, yeah, so. it was Luke Skywalker. But yeah, we saw the original Red Five in in Rogue One, and I love that. By the way, I love that. Okay, so uh, Aaron. What vehicles do the rebels have trouble adapting to the frigid nights on Hoth? Those would be the snow speeders. Those would be yeah. the snow speeders. Those would be the snow speeders. That's why they uh, had to go by Tauntaun. See, when we used to play Star Wars trivia, it would be me versus everybody at the party. Same. And it would like totally frustrate him. So it's kind of funny. Anyway, um, not to gloat. Um, what planet does Luke leave after noting... Han and Leia will die if I don't. Dagobah. Yeah, that's kind of kind of embarrassing, isn't it? Anyway, all right. Again, though, I, I, I feel like it's a public service we're doing here. You know, if you don't know the answers here, you should. That's right. So you can get the podcast. Trivial Pursuit DVD Saga Edition, and Kinda you like- can study your, you know, Star Wars facts. Yeah, I was just thinking of South Park when they had to remind everybody that Wookiees don't live on Endor. Yeah. Oh. What I need to know is, are they going to have a new saga edition now that we have uh, all nine? These, these nine episodes? I think and... they should, and it probably won't be a DVD either. But um, you know, <laughs> the, you know um, no. So yeah, the the Chewbacca defense, right? That's right. Yeah, when I was watching the uh, the impeachment, uh, you know, hearings, you know, in the House, I kept tweeting. I was like, okay, Devin Nunes is using the Chewbacca defense now. So <laughs> I like just steering you away from anything that matters anyway where this is not what this podcast is about but anyway yeah they use the chewbacca defense i was proud of those tweets but not many people really caught on so anyway back to the mandalorian and uh so we're at episode eight or chapter eight the chapters so chapter eight and it is redemption Mm -hmm. yes so seven was the reckoning and then eight is redemption we really Really didn't talk in the last podcast about what the reckoning meant, but I mean, 
it, it kind of makes sense that everything's coming down on the Mandalorian's head at this point. You know, all the, all the decisions made to protect baby Yoda, to have the, you know, just, just every, every decision he's made since chapter one, it's all coming down on his head. You know, at that sp- moment. It is fun to speculate if it's a particular decision that you could be referencing. Like in, in, within the context of that episode, we saw him make the mistake of radio out, uh, uh, revealing the location of Baby Yoda to the scout troopers. And there was Who were reckoning. wearing their knee pads upside down. <laughs> <laughs> and there was reckoning from that. Um, so, I mean, there were a lot of things that, that led to that. And same for redemption, I think. So we, we pick up where we left off, and they're uh, trapped by a bunch of stormtroopers uh, um, ready to lay waste to them. And uh, Moff Gideon gives them a uh, kind of an ultimatum, you know, to, you know, basically come out and negotiate or you's going to die. Well, of course, know, that doesn't come until after they title lose um, the, the baby Yoda. Sure. Right. Yeah. Well... So, well, yeah, so we also see the, the biker scouts. Yeah, I got ahead of myself. And it was actually the, the biker scouts come back with baby Yoda in their in their pack. And I was about ready to come through my TV. <laughs> I think you had the natural reaction that every fan of the show has had to that one uh, scout trooper punching baby Yoda in the they, head. They like punch him like three times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, it's, you know, I, I, I remember, you know, in Tombstone when, guy at the beginning of tombstone when the guy's smacking the horse and Wyatt Earp comes up and smacks him across the face and he says how do you like it hurts doesn't it you know mm-hmm. that type of thing it's like man i hope these biker scouts get theirs and um but um and we see that they can't shoot straight they can't shoot straight <laughs> yep uh, you know I, I was overthinking things and wondering if baby yoda was you know making their laser blast go one way or the other but no, they're just bad shots, you know. So it was just the running gag of stormtroopers can't shoot, you know. Which makes you wonder how they shot down Quill in the previous episode, because he was running away, he wasn't stationary, and yeah. they're on speeder bikes, and somehow they managed to gun him down. But eh, don't question it too much. So, um, and it, so go ahead, Fredo. No, I was gonna say what I find interesting is that they get to the outskirts of Navarro, or you know, the town that they're at, and they're radioing to let Moff Gideon know. That they got the child because he doesn't seem to be aware of the fact that the child's no longer present, no, not at the cantina or at the bar where they got everybody else pinned down. And they kept getting told, no, no, hold on, we're, we're relaying it up the pipe, uh, the chain link, or the chain, um, chain of command, because this message has to go up in a certain way and just hold on. And they're trying to get all this information on and almost running into the bureaucracy of the empire. You know, they're just two working staff trying to let their boss know, hey, we did good. In the meantime, they're getting told, look, you just wasted a whole group of stormtroopers, so be on your best behavior. You know, and the and the banter between the scout troopers was, again, you know, we're in this episode where it's really tense, but it was just fun. It was funny. You know, it was, it was the kind of two cops that are, you know, on a stakeout or something, and one cop's annoying the other cop, you know, is, it was just, it was fun. It helps. I mean, you have uh, two... Uh, if by this point everybody should know, uh, Jason Sudeikis and Adam Pauly, both comedians, those are the two scout troopers in an episode directed by Taika Waititi, who, if you've ever seen any of his stuff, whether it's Thor Ragnarok or what we do in the shadows, this just feels right out of his playbook. You know, like, yeah. like that that's the kind of irreverent, kind of like, okay, we're in a 
galaxy far, far away. But yeah, we're going to talk about this like a couple of working steps kind of situation. Let's point out the absurdity of the situation through mm-hmm. humor. Mm-hmm. That's very much Taika. Yeah. And so it's this point when uh, IG-11. IG-11 comes back into play, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm to protect. He's programmed to protect the child. And if they hurt him, you know, bad things are going to happen. And yeah, bad things happen. So IG-11 dispatches them and takes the baby and the speeder bike. What's interesting is beats the out of a biker scout. I mean, there's actually uh, this episode has a lot of, you know, as somebody who has his own stormtrooper armor, it makes me go, ooh, because there's a lot of armor <laughs> destroyed in this episode. They anyway. were wearing their knee pads upside down. They, <laughs> they deserved, they deserved they it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he is, you know, IG-11 was was reprogrammed to be a nurse, basically, protector. and a protector. What do we think about him making the decision to, after dispatching the troopers, retrieving the baby... And driving right into driving town. straight into town rather than um, you yeah, know, back to the, the ship or that's something. That's what Britt, my wife, she was yeah. like, she's going right into town. What the heck? You In the know? middle of all the, the gunfight. Yeah. I, you know, it's either supreme arrogance or a miscalculation or something because he's like, I'm not worried about all these troopers. I'm just going to get this baby back to the rest of my group. Yeah. And uh, goes straight in. Well, it's interesting that he made that decision because the natural inclination would be, okay, you're prompt to protect the child. The best way to protect the child is to get it away from all the people who want to kill. But he doesn't do that on the contrary. He makes the decision uh, the best way to protect the child is to put it back in the hands of Mando. Well, it kind of reminds me of uh, the line from The Lord of the Rings. I can't believe I'm going to quote The Lord of the Rings in a um, Star Wars podcast, especially anyway. But... um, Said so the closer okay. closer we are to danger, the farthest we are from from harm. Is that mm-hmm. a paraphrase yep. of what you know, they less, say to each yeah. other? Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it makes sense. You know, but goes into town and wastes a lot of a lot of stormtroopers. And um, what's interesting is that in the moments before he had um, uh, Moff Gideon had taken the time to tell, not only reveal. That he's aware of who's in that bar. Oh yeah, we but reveal the name of the Mandalorian. We do. We get the name of the Mandalorian, so. and we get the final, full, unedited, uncut away flashback to him getting uh, his parents dying at the hands of the droid army and his rescue at the hands of the Mandalorians. So yes, get- it was a group of Mandalorians that rescued him. Um, and you see, did you think for a second that the rescuer was Boba Fett? I maybe for, for a the, half second, for a half yeah. second, I thought it looked a lot like that helmet yeah. up there. It was an outline, and you're yeah. like, which Mandalorian is this? Yeah. And, and they're adding in the, the theme song, the theme motif of the Mandalorian in behind that image. And you're like, okay, so clearly we're meant to put that this is the people who rescued him and trained him. Mm-hmm. And then that shot of him getting jetpacked away from the battle. Because it comes back, that shot comes back at the end of the episode. I think the whole idea is to kind of draw a comparison between the rescue of, of him as a child. Of, was it Din Djarin? Well, Din 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 Djarin? Din Djarin. I think so. Yeah, and the and the armorer says as much. Mm-hmm. You know that. Um, well, and so I know we're we're kind of bouncing around here, but right. let's bounce towards when you know we'll get there eventually. But when the armorer is talking to him about. 
okay, you've got baby Yoda. He's, you know, he's a foundling. He's yours. You know, he's your son. Basically, you got to take care of him. Until he so I people. think whoever that person is that took care of him, I mean, that wasn't just not, it. We can't just think that's just a random Mandalorian now. I mean, that's going to be somebody who's very important in his life because that's he found the foundling. Trained so him. Maybe trained I'm, him maybe I'm thinking that there's going to be more to this, but that was, I mean, this was the way, you know. This is the way. No, I, I'd, I'd like to say that the word foundling is much better than youngling. <laughs> just, I'd like to submit that for the record now. I, I like well, it a lot more. Youngling because they're young, foundling because they're found. And what I find interesting is that uh, they, you know, they establish Mandalorian is not a race, it's a creed. If you believe yeah. it, and if we were saying this in earlier episodes, if you believe in the creed, you follow its tenets, you get to call yourself Mandalorian. And wear their armor. And get when we were talking about his identity in particular as an outsider and how he feels more strongly about the code and these things because you know, he would be more insecure about his own relation to it. And so, yeah, absolutely. We get more into that. I love it. Um, we also find out more about Cara Dune. Mm-hmm. That she mm-hmm. was from Alderaan. Alderaan. Yeah. Yeah. Which explains why the moment he says Imperial... She's like, okay, I'm down, I'm down to kill him. Hold on, okay. So I wanted, did we do? Have we done the math? I don't mean to be that net nerd, but we I think taken, you know, how many years prior did Alderaan blow up? I suppose that's probably about ten-ish, right? So yeah, this, okay. So yeah, mm-hmm. this works. Okay, mm-hmm. just want to make sure. Sorry, yeah. sorry to all the net nerds out there. Yeah, but anyway, I, yeah. yeah, she is Alder. Yeah, she's from Alderaan, so that was interesting. I agree. Um, makes you wonder if there's going to be a Leia drop reference somewhere along the line, or Bail drop. That'd be good. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah, they do have. I mean, they they can't necessarily bring bring Carrie Fisher in for obvious reasons, but you know, Jimmy Smith's still out there and available, and he's done TV. So, so that I mean, that that is one of the things. You know, on on one hand about Star Wars, it's you know one on one hand drives me nuts. On the other hand, I it drives me nuts the other way. It's like we have this vast galaxy and we keep going back to the same handful of planets. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, why can't we have a different planet? You know? Um, But then on the other hand, it's like in rogue one when it's like we're on Wobani and it's like, what does that mean? Who cares? You know, it's like, why don't you just take me someplace that I already know? You know what I mean? It's like sometimes you know i think it is a fine line you know you want people to be comfortable and familiar with the content and so you you throw out well it's it's the tatooine dantooine type of thing right Mm -hmm. i mean i'm going to make the word sound similar because we've already been on tatooine i don't know i'm I'm kind of on a tangent here but i was going to say in some ways by making by saying cara dune of alderaan it's a shorthand for any and every fan who immediately understands where she's coming from. And I think that's, I mean, because you could have said Cara Dune of Corellia. You've seen Corellia in Solo. And you could have said Cara Dune of uh, Bespin. But it's but very, saying Alderaan has a connotation. It it's has very, an even deeper meaning that she would have, she would justifiably have more hatred for the Empire uh, as a result of yes. that. You know, and it's a good point that you say that as well, Fredo, because, um, what happens at the end of this episode? My wife was like, "Huh? 
And and I was because I was like, oh crap, that's that thing. We'll get to it in a second. But I was like, that's that thing. And she's, what is that thing? And so I had to show her um, the episode from Rebels, which we'll we'll play a little clip from it later. And she's like, oh okay. So and she made the point. She's like, you know, I didn't know what was going on in that moment because I didn't do the summer reading. My dad, who is you know her dad, who is watching the series wouldn't know what that is unless you're doing so it is there they are walking a fine line because i think now favreau and filoni are getting into clone wars and rebels lore that not everybody has seen and so they're all going to be going what's this it's going to be like almost sometimes could run into the case like you know like when darth maul came back to life you know my brother was like i thought he thought he's dead he's like well you know they brought him back in the clone wars well he hadn't seen the clone Wars, so he didn't know there's this whole arc with darth maul so it is going to be interesting how they how they play this we'll get to that in a little you bit, wonder but. if there's a disney executive in these creators ear telling them hey throw in as much clone wars stuff as you can because it'll keep people subscribing to our monthly service <laughs> to go back and watch all the clone wars you stuff. know what that's going to be this episode is going straight into what they're going to be doing sounds like right off the bat with the clone wars um season season 10 10, coming out in february so i think there's going to be a tie-in big time but anyway i digress so they're pinned down um and actually we get a little bit more fan service not only do we have stormtroopers and death troopers everywhere but they bring out the cannon that you know the snow troopers had on hoth yeah the e-web um, and um, they're threatening so we're just going to lay waste to you well that's when IG-11 comes in riding into town right mm-hmm. riding into town a whomping and a wailing well, everything within well, an inch I, of its life I found funny that Moff Gideon's like I'll give you until nightfall I'm like that's being kind of kind because because you know most often I, was, I, was, I thought he would have just been like look you got 10 seconds to come out or I'm start blasting y'all but I guess it, it still implies Baby Yoda means that much to him yeah. For what love, reason? We don't know. I love the di- we've talked about the dialogue and some of the writing and, and and the acting, but like how it how good it can be at times. Mm-hmm. And I thought his when his monologue and and they uh, and Chubbs yells out, you know, like how can we trust you? He says you can't. <laughs> you cannot trust me. I was like, and that's awesome. Yeah. You, I promise you one thing: I'm going to be acting in my own self interests. And right now, my self-interest call for you to be alive. And it's like, that's good dialogue. <laughs> that's really good dialogue. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. And, and I, it, it helps to have an actor who can deliver it well, and he can. So, yeah. Well, you know what's, what's also interesting? I mean, it's, the, it's kind of funny. Um, you know, my job, I'm a technical writer. And in our style guide, it's one of the like, first tenets is just write the way people talk. Mm-hmm. you know because when you're when you're writing about technical things you know that jargon can just exhaust people and confuse people and that's quite honestly george lucas got a lot really jargony mm-hmm. yeah you know if you think about rogue one you think about um solo you think about even the sequel trilogy it's gotten a little bit more easier to yeah, you know, well, that running gag, what they used to say to, to George Lucas, you can write this, shit, but nobody can say it. Mm-hmm. Might have to bleep that out. Sorry. Um, but, or just put not safe for work on, you know, our <laughs> podcast. But, it's, but I do, it is, it's, I don't find myself 
stretching for okay what are they talking about here because it's getting jargony so well you talked about walking a fine line earlier and i feel like with the jargon that there's a fine line as well um this doesn't reveal too much about rise of skywalker um but they had a plot device in there called the wayfinder which was a holocron Mm -hmm. i mean we've seen holocrons in the cartoon in the animated series they're selling um, them to you at the the parks <laughs> for forty nine ninety nine if you but, want one. But they went to great lengths to call it the Wayfinder or whatever, and it just bothered the bejesus out of me. But you know, again, maybe they thought a a mass audience would be better able to figure out what this thing is from that new name. And yeah. fine, okay, you made that decision. But not everybody listens yeah. to Star Wars podcasts, right? <laughs> To so, their detriment. So, uh, yeah, so uh, IG-11 comes a whomping and a wailing, and, and then that makes everybody else, like, come running out, and the Mandalorian is, yeah, everybody's, they're coming out of the building they're in. They're starting to throw down and waste waste everybody. We finally get that shot from the trailer when Mando comes out the door, you know, grabs the gun out of the first Stormtrooper, points his at the Stormtrooper's helmet and just blasts him away. And, yeah. You know, we finally get that sequence. Yep, it's a, it's a great fight sequence. And um, then, uh, which kudos to Taika Waititi for drawing one as director. He has a good sense of geography. Sometimes, in, you know, when you're in the middle of a firefight, and you'll see that in action cinema, some some directors are good about knowing, okay, here's where my guy is, and here's where the bad guys is are, and this is where the way they're shooting. And particularly because you got stormtroopers moving all around them, and you got multiple points of view, but in, you never lose sense of where who is or where they're at and I yep. think that's good um, and like I said I'm kind of hustling through this whole sequence mm. but it's just a lot of shooting and stuff like that but uh, um, the mm. the power canister I suppose for the E-Web mm-hmm. which what he Mandalorian has picked up now and is wasting people away um, Moff Gideon blows that up and the Mandalorian goes flying back and is hurt pretty bad picks up a concussion I think and Bleeding from the back of the head. Yeah, because they all go back into their you know hidden place, and by that time, IG Eleven's trying to cut in. They're trying to get into the sewers because that's where the Mandalorian covert is. And you know, it's one of those things. It's kind of funny if you watch the, you know, previously on the Mandalorian. If you watch that whole thing, you know, at the mm-hmm, beginning, mm-hmm. and they're showing all these Mandalorians and everything, and Britt and I were talking, said. Well, okay. Well, you suppose they're going to come save the day somehow? And I was like, well, they wouldn't have shown this otherwise, you know? So they're kind of giving you a hint, you know, remember this because this is going to come into play. So anyway, yeah, we're looking for the covert and they're going to try to get into a sewer line. They found an entrance into the sewers and IG-11 is cutting his way in and Baby Yoda the whole time is watching kind of the fight go on, right? I was, were you surprised that Baby Yoda didn't come over to heal the Mandalorian? Not really. I mean, in some way, I mean, I'm wondering if he had something he can even do or, you know, like if he had recognized it or, you know, maybe you know, I don't know why they wouldn't necessarily have had him do it at that moment. But then again, did, it may have been more servicing the story. There are reasons why they wanted IG-11 to be the one to do it, not Baby Yoda. Plus, they create a dynamic in that moment of why he can't yeah. by throwing in the... What is it, the burn trooper? What do you call yeah, it? Oh, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I want to say it's a shock trooper. Uh, but that, I mean, I know that's... The one with the you know, flamethrower. And he's got the red on his... Man, I'm feeling like a bad 501st member. I don't know my that stormtrooper. But 
anyway, yeah, that was the cool thing because it comes in with this huge flamethrower and busts through the door. That is, according to Wikipedia, that is a flame trooper. Flame trooper. Flame trooper. All right. Well, I, like, <laughs> I have I have spoken. I have spoken. <laughs> Going back to the uh, Yoda not healing him thing, um, I, well, part of it's him like brushing it off and saying, "I don't want treatment, and I want to die a warrior's death." Um, and Cara Dune's like rolling her eyes, like, "No, we're not going to do that. We're going to help you." Um, but I, there's a lot going on. Like you said, the flame trooper bursts through the front door. Um, I, I kind of just rolled with it. Yeah. Well, I, and when the flame trooper comes through the front door, you knew what was coming. And again, you kind of have to have seen a little bit of uh, Rebels, you know, in uh, the episode Jedi Knight when Kanan Jarrus dies and he uses the force to hold back the explosion mm-hmm. because that's what happens here. The, you know, the flame comes out of the flamethrower and baby Yoda is using the force to hold it all back and actually then sends that guy flying back on his Matanki. which that, I mean this is a little powerful little dude that we got going here and you go back to Kylo Ren and Force Awakens like holding the blaster beam in midair mm-hmm. um, that was another example of that kind of power so um, for all the geeks out there who are like, "Ooh, this is a new thing," I was like, "Oh no, I yeah, think we've uh, seen it." So it's again, fine. you have to do the summer reading, but you know, it's <laughs> it's there. Um, and so you're gonna say something? No, no, I was gonna say. Uh, by the way, what the, I took a look at Wikipedia and they say that that one may also be called an incinerator, an incinerator stormtrooper. So just want to be technically correct, which is the best kind of correct. We there, all know this. There you go. Uh, no, uh, what I find it's like it, you're creating a dynamic where you. You know, pinning the characters up against the wall, so to speak. You know, taking their choices away from them, which is what the story has done throughout its series ever since he went and took Baby Yoda away from the Imperials. It's that, okay, you know, Baby Yoda might be able to heal him. Well, here comes this stormtrooper, and he uses the Force to send him flying on his. Matanki. Well, now he can't do that. Uh, nobody else has any more medical stuff, and he's like, "Look, you can't carry me, so I gotta leave. You gotta leave me here." What's interesting is that IG-11 chooses to stay behind and then he goes, well, I'll, I can help you. You know, and that was actually kind of funny because he gives Baby Yoda to um, Cara Dune, mm-hmm. right? And doesn't he doesn't he say that, you know, if any harm comes to this well, no, child, t- I will have to kill you or he something? He tells Chubbs, he tells Chubbs, if you come near this child, I will have no choice but to terminate you. Yeah. You know, when he puts down the uh, the Baby Yoda in order to go to the, the Mandalorian, or no, in order to uh, cut the line, to cut the hole in the... In the sword line. Uh, is sorry, I, I we uh, is this? Uh, maybe well, I'll, I'll wait till later. That's well, right. I want to we'll, touch on something too because it's like you've talked about a lot. Um, kids playing pretend, mm-hmm. you know, like in your backyard with your toys in the sandbox, whatever, um, and how you can see that in the show. Like for me, this episode was the best example of that yet because mm-hmm. you've got all these fun scenarios like this firefight between all these stormtroopers and ig this ig unit and the lava river and uh the secret passages and the sewers and all this clandestine just the image of mando battling the death troopers oh like all you could see was one kid with figures in his hand or her hand just knocking one each other down and then i mean and again not to spoil the ending but a 
freaking spaceship against a person. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, that's, I think that's like a kid scenario right mm, there that absolutely. we probably all acted out. So. Mm. So they get into the the sewers. the sewers and they're trying to find the covert and um, well, well we have IG eleven stays behind but, but IG eleven is with the with the Mandalorian and we one of the big big reveals you know not not figuratively you know I'm not, not figuratively literally, literally. big reveals um, IG eleven says I need to take your you know I need to fix your head you. I have to take off your helmet to fix you. And he, and he's like, I will kill you if you take off my helmet. Mm. Um, no living being has seen me, you since know, I put it on. since I put it on. And he's like, well, it's a good thing that I'm not a living being. Mm. And but so he takes off the Mandalorian's helmet and we get Pedro Pascal. At long last. <laughs> and I was like, all right. I mean, it was important for the story, but it was like, a but well, the, I was like, put the helmet back on. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, good yeah. at the... I don't, well, it says one of two things, right? Um, Story-wise. Um, they're trying to tell us either that um, he still looks down on droids to such a degree that he doesn't look at it as an actual person, which is how he appealed to him. It's like, I'm not a person. You know, it, it doesn't count or whatever. Mm. I think it's the um, other one you're going to say next. Mm. Or he's gotten over his prejudice to such a degree that he allows this significant moment to occur with a droid. I think I think it's I think it's that he's built he's built that trust now with with IG11 and it's a loophole. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's staying he's staying, you know, uh, he's not committing the sin. Again, he's technically you know, he's, correct. He's, <laughs> he's sticking to the code um, and he's uh but like I said I think there is that trust because, you know, further down the road you know, he's pleading with IG-11 not to do something, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, so. But speaking of, I mean, it's interesting that we've been we've been talking all season long whether or not they were going to remove his helmet. We all came to the conclusion that at some point they were going to have to. It's interesting that it comes at this moment, that it comes in the middle of the biggest firefight the show's had, that it comes in a moment where he's not expected to survive and... That it's a life He's at his moment. most vulnerable, too. He's at his most vulnerable, and, you know, he's he's given the baby away to Cara Dune and jobs take away. And so it's just him and IG-11. He, here's the visual you know, representation of everything he's hated, and he's come to trust it, and all of a sudden, it's with him that he has this moment. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's partly, I feel as though I may not survive this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to die. Because um, he was talking about having a hero's death. And right, warrior's death. Right, I want a warrior's death. Um, but so maybe he thinks uh, he's thinking in his own mortality in this moment, and like he said, it's kind of like a moment of weakness. Um, well, like I'm mm. gonna die anyway, um, so I'm gonna declare my love for you, Anakin. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> you're tearing me apart. You're tearing me apart. So oh, no, but Lord. yeah, no, but what, yeah, it's interesting that it happens here. Because we were thinking... I'm going to start brushing my hair and go, oh, Dave, <laughs> let's just talk about like when we were on Naboo. That moment works. Now, again, a lot of that love story doesn't work. But mm. For me, that moment works. And I, it's because of John Williams, 100%. Well, that's, well John Williams is like the... Uh, actually, I was going to say the unsung okay. hero, but no, he is truly the sung hero because the you know, his scores are... 
I don't care if it was scored by Johann Sebastian Bach or God himself. That was just a <laughs> the horrible... moment before the arena. Before the arena. Actually, no, I'm talking about me. Revenge of the Sith. No, I'm talking about the arena. I'm talking about Revenge of the Sith when yeah. she's like, "Oh, Anakin, she's brushing her hair yeah, on yeah. the balcony." That's a pile of crap. I, yeah, I truly, true. deeply love you. Well, when she's like, "I'm going to declare my love for you because we're about to die." Now, but now before I'll, I'll give you, I will. Going I will give you that on episode two, but episode three, that was a pile of crap. I, and I, John I Williams couldn't save that. But anyway, prequels, prequels, many, many more. Episodes. I digress. Yeah, yeah, anyway, uh, but yeah, but getting back to the moment, I mean, IG Eleven uses Bacta spray to kind of seal up the wound and tells him, "Look, you've taken some damage to your CPU." And it's like, "What? You mean my brain?" It's like, "Yeah, I was a joke." Yeah. <laughs> the robot's making his a bedside joke. manner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a former hunter that turned nurse. You know, this is the, this is kind of the nurse care you're gonna get. Okay. So they get down into the, the sewer. They're um, making their way, trying to find, again find the covert, but they find a pile of Mandalorian armor, mm-hmm. um, and the armorer still there is still there, and she's taking all this armor that was either. Abandoned left abandoned or, or they were killed or I'm thinking killed. I'm thinking killed. I'm thinking killed because clearly they you know they made a point about the fact that they cannot remove that armor. So they would not remove it willingly. Yeah. They would have taken it with them if they're gone. Now that doesn't necessarily mean everybody in the covert's dead. It just means those are the covert members, Mandalorians right. died in both the fight to get him away and in the ensuing occupation Standoff, by the whatever. Empire. Yeah. Right. So she's and she's melting that down because you got to save the best car, best car for whatever. And she so the, and they end up having this conversation. She sees, you know, baby Yoda. Yoda. The reason they said what was the car was that was so important that it required right. our destruction. And so she actually makes mention of the Jedi, which I thought was really kind of interesting, you know. Um, and again, they're talking about these this sorcerer race type thing, you know. Yeah. And, um, and that would be where he would be most likely to learn a little bit about the force and about the Jedi. And they were, they were not, um, they, you know, the Jedi themselves were not enemies, but members of their race, if you will, were. So right. she was drawing that distinction that not all Jedi were bad, but these that fought us, you know, well, were. And that's just it. We've always seen the stories as told by the point of view of the Jedi. Right. Remember, from my point of view, the Jedi evil. Yeah. Come back to the prequels. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's the idea of the Mandalorians have always been, whether, you know, Legends Universe or Expanded Universe, they've always been portrayed as a military uh, race, uh, group of people. So, in other words, they're, they're the kind of people who get into battles. They're war warrior class. Uh, and thus, that's going to bring in conflict with the Jedi. Yeah. And, you know, when you tell t- tales about your defeats, you're not going to put the Jedi in the good light. So... Yeah, they're going to be our enemies. So they go through the story. So this is the one that you was your enemy and then saved you and yeah, you said, from, the from the Mudhorn. So he gets his signet. And which one of us said there was going to be the Mudhorn? I said it was going to be Baby Yoda. So I was wrong. Did I anybody? think none of us thought none the Mudhorn because it just I was like, well, well she he originally, lost his... She originally wanted to make it the yeah. Mudhorn. He said, no, I mean, you know, so anyway, that's his but signet. But now it's the Mudhorn because it's the two of them. Yeah, right. he says you're a clan of two. You're a clan of two. Yeah, yep. and, and task and, them. Well, and she says that um, you know, you you found the foundling. Yeah, it's a foundling. So, you're responsible. So you're responsible. You're you're the father now. And you Which, know, did you see that meme that was running around a few weeks ago about Baby Yoda all grown up wearing Mandalorian armor? Mm-hmm. 
saying complicated uh, business bounty hunting is. No, and I'm just thinking like, so they were really right. This is going to grow up and he's going to be a Mandalorian uh, Yoda bounty hunter. Yeah, the, the Boba Fett helmet with the ears coming out. With the ears out. coming out. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. Yeah, but now you got to say it in reverse because it's Yoda. <laughs> it's a Yoda species. So, um, and he, he wants the, she points in the way to the lava river, which I'm, I got to watch it some more. There's got to be, I mean... I mean, the river sticks comes, you know. Oh, yeah, mind, they're, going, but, they're descending into the underworld. Right, you know. Um, but you know what's also interesting? She tasks him, she gives him his quest for next season. She says, until, you got to find his people. You got to find his people and take him back. Take yeah. him back, because clearly, you know, what he's using, you can't control. Until, you know, he says, until you find his people, or he can defend himself, you got to protect yep. him. And he gets his jetpack. She gives him the jetpack. Mm, yeah. At long last. Which it seemed obvious he was missing from since episode one. And I felt like, man, he could really use a jetpack, couldn't he? She and, went to the Toys R Us and got him the little extra <laughs> toy. Well, you know, it's interesting because I got the Star Wars Rebels poster over here. Sabine never had a jetpack until like a, like the last season. She started, yeah. got a, got a jetpack in some of the Mandalorian episodes there. Um, so, you know, apparently it is, I, you know, it's like getting your, I don't know, your, wolf badge and cub scouts or something i, I was know. gonna say like getting your first car you know getting your driver's license and you get your car because she You're alluded the boss to of that. me mom <laughs> she alluded to that right like he needed to train with this thing to become truly proficient. apparently not very long well, <laughs> well you didn't look like all he did is go up and down yeah so. that's true so uh so they go they get to this uh um boat on the river and i was laughing about this because here are the big tough guys trying to push this boat into the lava river and it you know and cara dune has to say just step back let me you know it's like how many times have you know i'm a man i'll be, 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 be. And mm. my wife with this get out of the way you know it's, it's <laughs> but so before that you get the moment with the armor uh, fighting the stormtrooper. That's true. That's true. Yeah, we got the armor fighting, this, and she whoops butt too. See, I mean, she, oh, there man, was one which, as a five hundred first member, the, how did you feel about the moment when the she, helmet getting smashed? Exactly. Yeah. That, you know, stormtrooper storm armor is worth nothing. You know, I mean, it doesn't do you any good whatsoever. Because she's but, taking her armor tools and just mashing that dude's face off. Yeah, I mean, she she that was she whooped. Yeah. yeah, it was good though. I <laughs> it mean, was. it was satisfying because you figured, oh, she's staying behind, she's gonna die, um, and no, she laid waste to them immediately, which makes you think that she might survive for future seasons. And you would imagine so. I mean, you imagine that if she's risen to the point of being the leader of a Mandalorian covert, not only is she a capable warrior in her own right, but she knows how to get out of tough situations. So clearly, she has a plan for. Retrieving as much basket as possible, packing up her stuff, and then move on to wherever she's got to move on next. So I would imagine at some point. I would imagine too, actually a lot of the covert moved on mm-hmm. and she Knows stays behind and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, is gathering the best. I was so Beskar. relieved to see that though, after seeing that stack of Mando armor on the ground and just thinking that they had gotten wiped out essentially. It's like, how many are left? <laughs> you know? And. It's yeah. starting to get even more desperate for them, mm-hmm. and uh, it's good to see her make it out of that. So they're going down the, the river lava sticks. river, the, and again, a great line from IG Eleven: 
careful. This is molten lava. <laughs> you know, it's just. It's, Thank you for being staying the obvious. You say, watch your step. I yeah, think. watch your step. This is molten lava. You know, and that's the thing is that I, it, the again, floor is lava. Literally, the sorry, floor is I'm lava. Going to, I'm going to fast forward because IG11 sacrifices himself for the entire crew. And here's another one. It's like, I really like this character. But Boom. Enough, but you know what that is? That's paying off the joke from episode one. Well, yeah, because about the self-destruct. Yeah. I get that. But it's just, again, it's like, you, it, it is. It's like, I really like this character and I wish IG-11 would be around, but nope. Which part Boom. of me part of me thought that he might just because it would have created a great dynamic between the Mandalorian, Baby Yoda, and IG-11 on the ship. You know, because it'd be great for the Mandalorian to go out and do stuff and know I have someone to trust Baby Yoda with. Mm-hmm. You know, IG-11 will protect it with its life. At the same time, though, I thought, okay, it's interesting that, you know, that they brought back, as we were saying in the last episode, they brought back IG-11. They showed us how it, it got retrained by Quill in order to gain some sort of its old skills back. And now here we go, paying it off by blowing them up to kingdom come. And I think one thing we can do towards the end of this is talk about what we expect in season two. One of the things maybe it might happen is that he gets his own droid because mm-hmm. maybe because he, he's starting now to trust you know at least you know not all droids are bad type of thing right uh, but anyway so they they blast their way out of that and they think they're home free and here comes moff gideon and a tie fighter coincidentally you know mm-hmm. anyway so um so that's when he puts on the jetpack so and- this was a moment from the trailer as well mm-hmm. um uh, Mando hanging off of the TIE fighter. And that was a scene that I had kind of forgotten about, but I went on back and I'd watched the trailer prior to watching this final episode. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, what haven't we seen yet? And that was one of the things that stu- stuck out. And I'm like, well, we're getting that next episode. So yeah, he uses really the cool. jetpack and a harpoon and gets attached to the side. He tries to blast his way in, finds out he can't. Uh, throws yeah, but- a detonator on the side of the wing and Takes down Moff Gideon and then lands like a feather. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, so apparently you don't have to train very long. I mean, I guess our first first time we drove a car, it's like, yeah. you just get, make sure you can start and stop, I suppose. He got but, lucky. He may have gotten lucky. That's the thing. Because they told him that, you know, if he wants to do more, he's going to have to train. Otherwise, he won't what is it, listen to his commands. So it's interesting that she, the armor was speaking about the jetpack as if it had a mind of its own. By the way, if so... We got to we got to back up a little bit. A couple great baby Yoda moments is one mm-hmm. when the armorer was talking about um, how he's baby Yoda's dad now and mm-hmm. baby Yoda is hugging his leg. Mm-hmm. You know that's that was like oh. But then the best one was when Chubbs one. He's like, hey, get them, get him to do the hand thing, and he's like, get him oh, do yeah, the yeah. hand thing, and, and then baby Yoda goes, looks at him and just waves. moves his hand, waves his waves. hand. Yeah, it was. <laughs> You know, they're doing a great job with this puppet just to, you know, be just personable. He's got a lot of personality. And just comical, you know. Mm-hmm. And then story-wise, it makes sense. We were talking about with um, why didn't we get Baby Yoda to heal him earlier? And it's like, well, maybe he just wasn't aware enough of his surroundings to do so. And it's like, you cannot rely on this um, small little thing to get you out of every situation. Well, and having having taught you know, elementary kids, I'm, you know, I'm teaching a, a six-year-old how to play, you know, ukulele right now. And there are times where, you know, she does things that is like, it's like, she's a savant 
and then she does things. Then it's like all of a sudden she's six again. You know what I mean? So, um, so I think we forget that baby Yoda is a toddler. By the way, did you guys see the meme? Uh, I think I sent it to you of best one somebody made for Kevin Smith where it shows uh, clerks and it shows Randall at the, yeah, the <laughs> cigarettes. Uh, just giving cigarettes, cigarettes to baby Yoda. Years old. But anyway, um, so yeah, so um, the day is saved. Mandalorian has, you know, his task to take baby Yoda off. Cara Dune's going to stay on Navarre or Navarro, whatever mm-hmm. it's pronounced with Chubbs to make sure all the Imperials are gone and maybe become part of the guild. Um, and I, I remember saying to Brittany, I was like, no body, no death. And she's like, yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. And then Which, we, we see the, the TIE fighter. Well, before you see that, you see when he goes back right before he takes off, he builds a cairn for Quill. So yes. he buries him. Yep. Kind of saying his last goodbye. And then he takes off. That's, that's Chubbs and uh, Kara walking back towards the city. And then you pan to the Jawas. Yeah, the Jawas are scavenging the thing. TIE fighter. And that's when the oh crap moment came. Mm-hmm. Was this when Brittany said she saw you uh, tweet today? You know, said you squealed. Yeah, that was my squeal moment okay, for that sure. Was, yeah. When, when uh, because again, so all of a sudden there's like you see this little, you know, sizzling going on in the Tie Fighter, and all of a sudden this black blade comes through, and I went, "Oh my god!" And Britt's mm-hmm. like, "What?" I mean, it was, <laughs> he's got the dark saber, mm-hmm. which okay, we got to do the summer reading, folks. Um, right. The dark saber was um, a lightsaber that was developed by the first Mandalorian Jedi, um, and it's in Clone Wars and it's in Rebels. Rebels. Um, I tell you what, you know, and so- at one point, um, what's important about this thing is it's like it's significant. It's seen as a kind of unifier for the Mandalorians. Um, it's like a sword in the stone type of legend for them. Mm-hmm. Like it was this magical weapon. Excalibur. Uh, Excalibur, yeah, and it could unite the Mandalorian people, and that was communicated. Um, so we got a clip from Rebels real quick, and we'll talk about the significance of this here after it. Um, so yeah, this is from Star Wars Rebels from the Legacy of the Dark Saber. You wanted to speak with me? I've got something to show you. What's this about? A lightsaber. Not just any lightsaber. It can't be. So you recognize it? That I do. It is the Dark Saber, a symbol for the leader of House Vizsla, and later the group known as Death Watch. I didn't know Mandalorians developed a type of lightsaber. We didn't. This was one of a kind. Legend tells that it was created over a thousand years ago by Tar Vizsla, the first Mandalorian ever inducted into the Jedi Order. After his passing, the Jedi kept the saber in their temple. That was until members of House Vizsla snuck in and liberated it. They used the saber to unify the people and strike down those who would oppose them. One time, they ruled all of Mandalore wielding this blade. This saber is an important symbol to that house and respected by the other clans. I imagine Sabine was excited to recover it. <laughs> you wouldn't know it. After we got back from Dathomir, she gave it to me for safekeeping and hasn't brought it up since. She doesn't want the responsibility. Kanan, if Sabine can wield this saber, she can reunite one of the most powerful houses in all of Mandalore. You're talking about raising an army. 
with Sabine leading it. So that was uh, the Jedi Kanan Jarrus talking to uh, the Mandalorian Fen Rao. And Fen Rao was telling the, the history of the Darksaber. Um, and so if you're, if you're watching the Mandalorian on Disney Plus, then go and watch Rebels. Um, it's a lot easier to digest than the Clone Wars right now. There's a lot of episodes. Clone, Clone Wars is long. There are a lot of seasons. A lot I mean, of episodes. They're, they're both very enjoyable, by yeah. the way. Animated series. I mean, you know, it. but I, I think Star Wars Rebels feels very Star Wars. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, but you can go. That was in season three. So in season three and season four, I mean, the titles will say stuff about either Darksaber or Mandalore. Go watch those episodes so you can maybe get a little bit of backstory. Um, but I found it very interesting that this the saber was meant to maybe raise an army to unite a people. Um, well, Moff Gideon has it. And he's the one that was leading some kind of effort in the purge of Mandalore. Now we got to back up a little bit because the last we see it in Rebels, Bo-Katan has the dark saber. Mm-hmm. And so she is, in essence, the leader of the Mandalorians at that point. Now, we know at and some point... And this is set right before A New Hope, essentially. Yep, yep. And um, and what's interesting, okay, so now you're going to have to do the, the summer reading here, kids, is that now that you're not going to have the Mandalorian to watch, guess what's coming in February? The season 10 of The Clone Wars... And one of the first episodes, from what I understand, is going to be the Siege of Mandalore. So you're going to see what happened to the Mandalorians and why they are the way they are now in the Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. And so, like I said, Bo-Katan has the Darksaber. So she's, in essence, the leader of the Mandalorians. How does Moff Gideon get the Darksaber? So is, you know, a lot of questions immediately jumped to mind for me. Like, is is he Force-sensitive to be wielding this thing and to survive well, Sab- that crash. You know, Sabine didn't, but you know, everybody yeah. survives crashes in Star Wars. <laughs> oh, unless they go up, boom, they survive. Yeah. <laughs> um, Concussions are not a thing in, in Star Wars. Though they alluded to Sabine having some force sensitivity, right? I mean, well, she trained with well, Ezra. But what, and... Well, what, uh, what Kanan says is that the, the force is in everyone. Right. But so, I mean, so it's, but she was blocking. Um, but I mean, it is one of those things that everybody has the, the force. force. Right. So everybody in essence is force sensitive, but it doesn't, so but she was still wielding the, the saber. And so was Bo-Katan, you know. So um, th- this guy, he's not Mandalorian. We can no. guess um, he's Imperial. I don't know, is he? Because, you know, in the Rebels episodes, they've got, you know, Mandalorians who switched over to the Empire. Those are the, the Imperial Super Commando. That's that episode in season three or two or something. Um, so there are Mandalorians who jump ship and join the Empire. Yeah. You know, so it, he may be. How did he get it? Do we think... Here's here's the biggest question that I had that occurred to me actually while we were just talking about this. It's like, did is he the guy that cameoed at the end of that episode um, that we were like, who's the cameo? Oh, you mean, oh the, and the know, gunslinger. Yeah, the, you know, is that you know Boba Fett or whomever? Uh, could have been him. I mean, at this point, we're 
you know, talk about a payoff that we haven't gotten. Yep. That makes me kind of upset. Now, yeah. now that you bring that up, we don't know who that person is. Yeah. I mean, see next year. So uh, could, it? it could be. Um, but I but I think I think it's going to force people. Huh, force. It's going to force people to. I, and I would highly recommend that you know start you know go when that season ten comes out. If you've watched the Mandalorian, I think you'll be able to survive those Mandalore Mandal Siege of Mandalore episodes in Clone Wars animated series. And the Clone Wars animated series is awesome. Um, it took me a summer. I just binge watch it. They're like twenty minutes an episode. Um, it goes real quick, and it's really really interesting. Actually, I if I might you know, step back just for a second. I always had a hard time believing that Anakin would become Darth Vader. If you just look at the Anakin from episode two and three, but when you watch the clone wars, I totally believe that guy becomes Darth Vader. Mm. Right. Totally believe because just his impatience with the way the Jedi do things, you know, his using the dark side. Um, it's a, yeah, I totally believe that guy becomes Darth Vader. So I really, I didn't like, I, I would just, wouldn't say I didn't like, but I just was not really turned on by the Anakin character in the prequels. I actually liked Jake Lloyd, but in episode two and three, I was kind of like, eh, I didn't really like emo Anakin. Um, but the Clone Wars, I totally dig that Anakin. I know it's all the same character and they all go, they all work together. But so I totally say go watch the Clone Wars. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, um, we might be able to come up with like a viewer's guide too. Like, here right. are the specific episodes that we think y'all should watch. Just because, um, I mean, we've talked about the Mandalorian specific stuff. Um, there's a lot of Force specific stuff in the Clone Wars too. That's yeah. really valuable to know, uh, especially for the new movie. So, um, but yeah, so we got Moff Gideon with the dark saber and. Like that was you, you squealed. I was like, Oh, geez, I did not expect, I didn't expect that one. I did not. I, again, I expect somewhere along the line, we're going to see Katie Sackoff as Bo-Katan because she voiced the character and she could play the character, you know, it's age appropriate. And I totally, ex I totally expect to see that, but um, maybe not. I don't know. I guess Clone Wars animated series will tell me season 10, but this thing is like, it's hard to kind of overstate like how important this weapon is like in, in terms of its mythological power. Mm -hmm. um, this is this one quote that I pulled that I wanted to share. Uh, Anyone can hold the dark saber. The trick is keeping it along with your head, which kind of tells you like the dark history associated with this weapon where someone would get it that people would take that as an invitation to try to come after it. It's like the elder one in the Harry Potter, sure. right. you know, sorry. It's, it's a very similar concept. And, um, There's so this thing has got a lot attached to it, a lot of history. And the fact that they make it the final shot of season one in the hands of the character that will be the big bad going forward. So let me tell you a lot. So let me ask you this. Okay. We've, we've talked about that. I keep, you know, saying the, the joke, the summer reading, but I think about my father-in-law who is, you know, excited to watch the Mandalorian. He was going to start watching it. We, you know, we're just in Nebraska for Christmas and, um, he's going to start watching it. How many of these deep cuts into rebels and clone wars is going to be, you know, a bridge too far. And he's going to be like, I'm, I'm done. 
I'm out. Mm-hmm. You know, because because we're good. You know, it's like it's one thing you can if you can watch the Mandalorian so far and like, OK, I get what these people are. I get what the culture is. I get OK, you know, I, I get the force because, you know, you know, I know the Star Wars has the force and stuff like that. But then all of a sudden you start throwing in things like the dark saber. Or you're watching Solo and Darth Maul comes back and you're like my brother who was like, what? You know, I've talked about that before on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And so I understand it's like it's marketing, right? You know, it's like, hey, you're I'm like going to reference this. So you're going to go buy this book over here. But, you know, since you got Disney Plus, you might as well go watch the Rebels and or Clone Wars so you get this stuff. But how many people are going to, you know, is that? Some, is is that going to all. chase off an audience or is that going to bring in a bigger audience? Well, here's the question. If you know nothing, if you've never seen an episode of Rebels, never seen an episode of Clone Wars, you just saw the eight episodes of The Mandalorian and the last shot you got was that. Does it detract or take away from your enjoyment to know that there's more to it involved? Probably not. The, the reality is, is... That looks kind of like a lightsaber. Is exactly. that guy force sensitive? What's going on? It, it leads its own questions and it may lead you towards seeking an answer. Is that somebody go, oh, the dark saber, Clone Wars so, Rebels. But if you don't feel compelled to chase I, after that, all you're going to go, well, that's a, that's a cool thing. Well, that's a neat lightsaber. Never seen one like that. Uh, and turn it off. But that's, I think that's what's going to leave you. I think it's um, it's kind of like uh, I've, I've never been a Star Trek fan. I don't have anything against Star Trek. I just mm-hmm. never was into Star Trek. And so when J.J. Abrams rebooted Star Trek mm-hmm. and I, I watched that movie, I enjoyed that first movie, really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and my sister-in-law, who was a big Star Trek fan, um, Trek or Trekkie mm-hmm. is derogatory, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> Hated it. Uh, but, uh, you know, she said that movie was really well done because it was, you know, it was made so that the the passive viewer like me could enjoy it, but there were enough deep cuts that, you know, would go right over my head, but not take away from the experience. So that's my fear is that in Star Wars, we're going to start getting into, it's like if somebody was to start talking about the Mortis gods in Return of, in The Rise of Skywalker, that was one of the things I was worried about. You know, where the Mortis God's going to come in, you know, the father, the son, and the, and the daughter. Was that going to come into play here? And you're going to have a lot of people going, huh? Well, you know, it did come into play. It just wasn't overtly referenced. Well, that but that's yeah. my problem now. It's been, over, you know, the Darksaber is more than overtly referenced here. And you got a lot of people going, why is this dude got a lightsaber? You know, so, but again, is it going to... It's a cliffhanger. People hmm. are going to wonder about it and... I, yeah, I take your well, point. But, but, but let me let me put yeah. it this way. So when we were in, we went to Ireland for the first time. We're in the Dublin Writers Museum, and I see on the shelf um, a copy of Finnegans Wake, and written by James Joyce. And Finnegans Wake is a song that I sang in my Irish band all the time. So I was like, oh, cool, Finnegans Wake. And this is a thick book. And I open it up and I start reading. And the first page, I didn't see a period once on that page, and it was exhausting. And I got about halfway through the first page. I was like nuts to this and i put it up now it's aaron's laziness whatever but mm. i had so that but again that's my fear and i'll let you talk here but that's my fear is that it's one thing to have a little bit of a drop reference to the dark saber it's another thing to have a dude 
cutting through a tie fighter and suddenly that's going to that's going to be a big story arc in the second season and you're going to have a lot of people they're they're going to have to do a lot of exposition or they're going to expect people to go watch the clone wars and rebels i, I i'll I think, drink my I think, beer i think they want both um i think they're i think the idea is that all of this material is in one place if you already if you already have disney plus it's not a big deal for you to it's like well, okay well i'll go check it out um, let's yeah, but see. I don't. I'm sorry. I said I was going to drink my beer, but I don't see my father-in-law going to watch a cartoon. But he doesn't need to. If he, if only wants to watch is the Mandalorian, I'm sure they'll give him just enough information so he can watch the Mandalorian. Really? How known. did Palpatine come back? Well, <laughs> <laughs> do you do you trust the story group that much to say that they're going to give you enough to to really understand that? I one? trust Dave How Filoni. Did, I uh, trust Filoni, and I, I trust and then Fabro, who has uh, both. I, have I can't wait for fall of twenty twenty when we have this well, podcast going. Well, yeah, and like that'll tell the tale, right? Right. Like you're saying, like there's going to be a certain level of exposition that's going to be required um, to eventually kind of give that backstory. Um, because like, if you think, if you really think about it, the stuff with like the foundry and all that, like it, we're kind of repeating ourselves. Like if you're really obsessively following this, the culture of Mandalore, um, in these other series in the books and the comics, etc., um, you're not learning a lot that's new here. So you are sort of repeating yourself. And I think they're going to have to do that with the dark saber and explain what it is and how he has it and what's going on with that. Um, but I agree with you, Fredo. I think it like as a tease, it's like, what's that thing all about? I have no idea. I'd love to know more. And and the backstory can be as simple as that was a lightsaber that was designed by a former Mandalorian centuries ago. It came to define who, who could unite all the tribes of Mandalore and it was lost during the Spurge. But that's, that's what, it. That's, but that's what was said during Rebels and they probably will expect you to go watch Rebels but, so you can get that. But my point is, they could they could make it as little as what I just stated and leave it at that. Because notice, how much backstory has really the armor given us about what the Mandal- how the Mandalorians ended up where they're at? Oh, they've given none. Exactly. Has it detracted anybody from their enjoyment of the show? No, but that's different than all of a sudden somebody showing up with a lightsaber in in the in the universe of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one thing to say, "Oh, why are all these?" You know, I, 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 it's one thing to that that is just very like. Here's what I say: They like I said they got this lightsaber that looks different. Everybody kind of knows that there are laser swords mm-hmm. in Star Wars. It's like, you know. So yes, it might entice somebody to go, oh, that's really interesting. I want to learn more. But then other people are going to get really asked. I think that's I think that's fine. Yeah. Some, like, people, some people got confused by the Darth Maul thing and uh, and, and, were, and were and, and inspired way, just, to learn more. And I'm some of them throwing, weren't. I'm just throwing grenades here, I, two beers in. But here's another one. It's kind of yeah. like the expanded universe. Does Disney Plus, if we're going to start getting you know, more and more of these TV shows, which I think we probably are. We are. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to get the Obi-Wan series. You're going to get the Cassian series. Are we going to start muddying the waters like the the expanded universe did? Because there was like, I, I did not want to read a lot of those books because it was like they're putting Han and Luke and Leia into places that just made no sense. That was, you know, it, was it seemed like fan fiction more than... I think a continuation at, of the story. I think at some point you're gonna. I mean, 
the fact the more Star Wars properties come out, and there are going to be more Star Wars properties, both movies, TV shows, web shows, comics books, the more it's going to end up resembling, to some extent, the expanded universe of old. Now, is it going to get as wild and crazy as that did? I mean, look, we're in a podcast, and right now you have Rise of Skywalkers out there. You got The Mandalorian out there. You got Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which we've not talked about in this uh, here so far, which it's a video game, which... Which, uh, which by the way, can I mm-hmm. take a tangent to that? Mm-hmm. The first planet in the Rise of Skywalker that we see Kylo Ren, you know, wailing and a whomping and mm-hmm. killing everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what planet that is? Yes, but they didn't tell you who, what planet it was. They, they told they tell you in the in the visual dictionary. Yeah. So, spoiler alert: if you haven't seen Rise of Skywalker, go see it and stop now. Okay, it's Mustafar, mm-hmm. and so people are like going, "Well, why the hell are there trees on Mustafar? It's all lava." Well, you have to play Vader Immortal the VR thing to uh, to get the whole story about how Mustafar was once this fertile land and then it was something happened and mm. you know then the you dark know, side and and then it you know then Vader's castle apparently goes boom and that's where they you know found the the wayfinder and it's now starting to get back in equilibrium so trees are starting to grow and stuff like that you know again you have to it's 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 the frustrating thing it's like you somebody out there and i know you don't have to but somebody out there is going you mean i gotta go buy an oculus now and go play the stupid vr game so i understand what's going on in this movie no you don't i mean i i know you don't but there is that that is that argument it's like well but that's but that's a and i hate to put it this way that's a pedantic argument because your enjoyment of the rise of skywalker is not increased or decreased by the fact that kylo ren is a mustafar waylaying into people you just see a planet, you see a battle, it's 30 seconds, and then it moves on to the next moment. So, In a similar the, way, mm-hmm. we talk about this episode, mm-hmm. right? What is the point of this episode? Well, I don't think the point of this episode is the Darksaber. It's the, the escape. The point is the Mandalorian finally removing his mask, Accepting embracing the, his role mm-hmm. as caretaker, mm-hmm. being given that role, and mm-hmm. that's where he's going to go. And you know, the Darksaber is a tease for the future if they want to get into it. Because here's the other thing. They may not even get into it. But but it gets back. So it gets back to one of the very first discussions we had on this podcast mm-hmm. when we said, you know, and my brother is going to join us when we talk about the rise of Skywalker. And he's actually been watching the Mandalorian because I bought him Disney plus for a year. I'm a good brother. <laughs> um, but he said, this is the best star Wars content I've seen since 1983. That's what he texted to me. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about a lot of people saying, this feels like Star Wars. And we have that conversation. Of how do you know it's Star Wars? And my concern is that it's going to become like to me and this, the, the EU never felt like Star Wars to me. Does the prequel era feel like Star Wars? Prequel era feels like Star Wars See, to, to me. To many people it didn't, which but, is interesting. But, but yeah. all those, all those expanded, you know, so it comes down to that question is what, what, makes you recognize that it's star wars and so and if you have to if you have to keep sending people to different places to understand the story because people want to understand the story now there are things that, yeah i can get past it it's like okay i'm on mustafar whatever cool mm-hmm. i get past that but there are some people it's like but but why are there you know there why are there trees why what where huh what you know what's I'm just saying, I'm just using that as an example. Yeah, it's no, like, and I get it, but then again, it's 
that, why is that, Darth Why is Darth Maul alive? I saw him get cut in half and thrown down a chute. You know, yeah, that I see, and, and that's where my, did the how did the Emperor come back? You know, there. Mm-hmm. That's why saying, we're here. I'm saying I don't really, <laughs> t- I don't really trust the Lucasfilm story group right now. After to, after Rise of Skywalker, uh, after a lot of things to make that you know to make sure that those lines are not just connected, but they're not dotted. You know that it's you know. Well, I think like again, like, that's why we're here though. Like, and that's part of the you know I'm joking, but I'm not joking because it's like, okay, so what can we offer? Like our discussion, I think part of it's just uh, uh, three guys who want to have fun, sit around, drink beer, talk about Star Wars, right? Um, but like, why put that out there onto the internet for people? It's like for me, I was like, I want to do something worthwhile. I want to contribute to the conversation in a way that makes people either consider things they haven't considered before or potentially um, offers new information they didn't have. So um, within that, it's like, I like sitting here and be giving people background on the dark saber if, if they want it, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's a, it's and, fun. And, and absolutely, and I'll, I'll I'll point people to the the right direction. I just like I said, I think it's um, that was it was just interesting sitting there watching that happen with my wife, who's never seen the dark saber, mm-hmm. and go, "Whoa, <laughs> what?" Or my brother texting me right after Solo and saying, "Darth Maul." Huh? You know, you know, it's what I will, so... What I will say is this. Star Wars and New Hope comes out in 1977. A year later, we get Splinter of the Mind's Eye. So the whole idea that there's been a summer reading to do in Star Wars has been, for, has been since day which one. That's, which that's funny. I saw that, So to, to bring us kind of towards the end here, there's you know, people who said that if people think that Disney ruined Star Wars... They clearly didn't see the holiday special in 1970. Right. <laughs> right. No, I mean, you got the holiday special in 77. You got Splinter of the Mind Sign in 78. And please, and you got, a, you know, Empire in 80. So, I mean, you got the Star Wars uh, comic book series from Marvel yeah, in what, 1980? Yeah. So, and please, from day one, there's been all these other sideline stories happening. And please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Disney is ruining Star Wars. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that The Mandalorian is awful because they brought in the Darksaber or anything like that. Saying one of the interesting thing is, is that people have always been able to go to the Star Wars movies and enjoy them and understand them. You know, that's the hero's journey type mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, there are robots and stormtroopers, whatever, but you could get invested in that. There was, you know, as as you start getting really, you know, these when when these Easter eggs become more than just Easter eggs, they become, you know, necessary nutrients to understand it i think it's 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 got to be handled in a very you know careful way so that it doesn't become only for the nerdy but what i was gonna say is when i brought up all those examples is whenever you look i mean it used to be yeah you're right it used to be one movie one movie one movie and that's that's your star wars that could be your whole all star wars you didn't have to chase that disney plus allows lucasfilms a new dynamic in storytelling similar in the way that disney when they bought marvel is the same argument a lot of people have made oh i need to watch every marvel movie to understand avengers endgame you don't avengers endgame will give you all the necessary information in order to understand itself but if you want to hey you got disney plus you can come watch all the other marvel movies beforehand and by the way we got new series coming out alongside 
this is the way I think that modern storytelling is moving towards. It's not not just going to be constrained to just a single movie. It's here's a movie, and if you want to, and if you want to go home and play the video game or read the book or see the TV show that explains why character B was absent from this movie, well, here you go. Yeah, right or wrong, that's the world we're living so in that, now. That would be interesting. A, an interesting podcast for us would be: Can you watch? We we should have we should have Ryan or Philip watch Rogue One with us, mm-hmm. and see if they just, can just watch Rogue One. And can you and because that is in essence a standalone movie, mm-hmm. but having them never seeing any Star Wars movie, can they enjoy that movie? I think they can. Now they may bring their own baggage to it, and it's mm-hmm. like you just gotta forget. It. Yeah, it's a Star Wars movie, but just watch this and. And see if they're like, if it's a compelling story to them or, you know, as compelling of a story as maybe not as, but Mm -hmm. is it a compelling story to them or is it still all, you know, are are they kind are they kind of lost? You know what I mean? Do they because like those of us, some of us got really, you know, bent out of shape because, well, that's not Peter Cushing. It looks like Peter Cushing, but it's not, you know, people are kind of wigging out over that or do you need to know what the Death Star does to Alderaan to understand how important it is? I think that would be kind of interesting to mm. to watch and then see what they think about that. I mean, the reason we're sitting here is we go we go deeper into it than some of the other people around us, you know, and we really enjoy it. We love this universe, so we're like, give me everything that you can give me. I want to know more. Um, and I enjoy it when I get those texts from people. <laughs> They're like, can you explain this thing to me? Yeah. I, I enjoy like filling that role in people's lives. What I, what I, what I absolutely love, you know, and again, Star Wars has, you know, gone, we're into a third generation, right? you know, and that's awesome because we just, we took my, um, some of my nieces and nephews to, um, the rise of Skywalker when we were back in Nebraska, actually one of them, one of my nieces said, because we, we offered it to all of them. You know, and said, you know, but one of them said, I would rather have my hand slammed in a car door than go to a Star Wars movie. I said, <laughs> still love you. You'll come around one day. Mm-hmm. You know, she's 16. You know, it's, you know, whatever. It doesn't call but, to her right now. But, you know, it's, uh, but when my, when my niece or nephew, when a new trailer comes out and they send me a text all excited and they want to talk, you know, mm-hmm. that type. And it's probably like your kids wanting, you know can't believe I knew Princess Leia was a Jedi. You know what you told us off, you know, yeah. off, spoiler, yeah. spoiler, but you know, we gave you that a little while ago. Yeah. My daughter, uh, we were watching rise of Skywalker, spoiler alert. Um, and she had to run to the bathroom and we're, so we're running to the bathroom, like literally, uh, uh in the middle of the movie. Pee now, pee, go <laughs> quick. Uh, I'd already seen it. So it's like that's pro tip, parenting pro tip, try to go without your kids first. Then you can screen it, uh, see if it's appropriate for them, but also enjoy it without all the bathroom breaks. Um, but then, yeah, so we we were doing that. Uh, we were sprinting to the bathroom, and she's like, I knew Princess Leia was a Jedi. And my heart nearly exploded for, with, with joy to see her so excited and to see and Rey. I mean, we talk about representation and I think like that's probably going to be stuff that we talk more and more about as we go on in this. And I know that a lot of people think it's forced, uh, have a problem with it. I just, I, you bring more people into it. She's a great character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so 
But you know, I'll say one last thing about this. What you're talking about, I, I love the idea of being filling this role for people of like, oh, you want to know more about the dark saber? Let's talk about the dark saber. But I also got pulled into this originally because of the character moments mm-hmm. and the human interactions. And and if you're doing that, and you know the acting and the writing is sufficient I mean, <laughs> to well, tell and, these human stories. I'm all in and, and I'm, I'm getting sucked in. And as and I will say that as as I'm saying it on one end, you know, that it's getting, you know, people having to do the summer reading stuff like that, they also have to satisfy the audience of us. Mm-hmm. And if it was just Boba Fett and IG eighty eight walking through the forest, you know, it would it we would just go, ugh. But the fact that they're putting in those it's I go back to my sister in law talking about that Star Trek movie that they're those deep cuts keep us invested. So I, I do understand that they do have an interesting line and difficult line to balance on. So, But what I was going to say is what's interesting to me is that the character that everybody's gravitated towards is a puppet. Yeah, yeah. The one that everybody's latched onto, the one that the entire internet right now is raging because of their Jason Sudeikis in, in Scout Trooper outfit with uh, knee pads upside down, they're punch him in the head. You know how they you know it's baby yoda but let me okay so this so this brings me to where i was going to kind of go all right so we're coming <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> we're, we're coming up to so we got we know we got a second season coming in the fall mm-hmm. and by the way i will recommend everybody to watch the clone wars 10th season anytime it says something about me or if you see a thumbnail it looks like there's a mandalorian on there or something like if you've been watching this series and you dig it watch those episodes of the clone wars but so we get to season two. Let's say, because I remember in Rebels, I liked Ezra in season one and season two. Then season three, he like grew like a foot and he got short hair and he kind of became even more. I I don't know. it. I His character started to bother me more because maybe he was going through puberty. I don't know if that's what it was. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, so, had the, the, the Harry Potter kids on the fifth movie, fifth book. When they get that teen tween about angst. third about third fourth yeah, yeah so well, so what happens if we get to season two of the Mandalorian and we get adolescent baby Yoda adolescent uh, Yoda not baby Yoda but adolescent Yoda he won't he won't age enough you're not my dad yeah. what's well, interesting do you think we'll get to a point where he starts vocalizing we start saying words well and that's the thing is that that's I think that character is such a fine line as well because everybody finds it so adorable that's why I said Gremlins one. Yeah, Gremlins 2. By the way, you know where all the Baby Yoda toys are supposed to drop? May the 4th. Oh, right on. <laughs> I may have to get the 11-inch plush Baby Yoda. Look, if there's not a ton of Baby Yoda stuff at Celebration this year, I will be shocked. So, but I mean, so can they take that character to the point where it, you know, know. where people turn against it. Yeah, I mean, you can do. I mean, you can write anything. You can do anything with a character, get people to turn uh, turn against. Them. I said, I referenced Game of Thrones earlier. You know, and that can be done. I don't think they will do that next season. I think what's interesting is that obviously you got now Mando's standing order: find his people or find a way to train them. <laughs> no, I just got this vision in my head. The claws are master. I just right, exactly. <laughs> find, which would be interesting. I mean, we've never, we're 
if done right, we will get more information than we've ever had on Yoda species next year. If they do it right, I mean. Yeah, I mean, how many episodes are you going to string along of him getting nowhere? Probably the most of the majority of the season. Right. Um, but at some point, you're going to have to pay it off. Uh, like, um, we're gonna, either going to find out more about this species or he's going to fall into danger yeah. again or, you know, well, there's you a lot. Like you're saying, you can't go back to the well too many times without yeah. actually going through with it. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think we're going to get more of that. And I, 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 to your point, I don't think that you can age him at all, really, because um, he would lose something. Like he, st- he starts talking and stuff. I think that starts so talking like Poochie from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> he died on his way back to his home planet. I, I will say this. I, I think, and we'll, we're our, our next one of our next episodes. I think our next episode we're probably going to talk re- the rise of Skywalker, but we're going to have one where we just talk about the the Mandalorian season as a whole. Um, but just prefacing, just kind of previewing that a little bit, the Mandalorian has, I think, proved to a lot of people and given a lot of trust to the people making these series. You know, I was uh, very skeptical and very anti Obi Wan series. I'm not so much anymore after seeing how they've done this. It's like, okay, I, you know, I, I feel a little bit more, you trust Deborah child, a little bit, a little bit more at ease, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been, you know, it's, it's been a great first season. Um, you I know, did not expect to see some of the things that we saw in live action, you know, another Yoda, um, a, a dark saber, all these Mandalorian references, um, you know, an IG droid just like tearing crap up uh, in multiple episodes. I mean, like a lot of these things that just like, you know, I wouldn't have ever thought that it might work in live action and they made it work. Yeah. And and and, and I, that's what I appreciate the most about it is that, um, yeah, the human story is there. Um, I'm invested 100% in it. Um, but all this other stuff, it, um, it, it, it works. It's not goofy or comical or silly. Um, other than a few shots here and there that we're, we've already talked about. Um, yeah, I, I'm really excited to see where it goes. Yeah, I think they do. They've done a good job of bill of expanding on the star Wars universe that we know. Cause this is, I mean, and we say it all the time, not every, um, you know, so far every Star Wars property has had a Jedi, has had a lightsaber, has had the Force. This one has had lights, a dark, well, had the dark saber at the end, and had some of the Force. But what's interesting, we didn't have any other normal elements that we're accustomed to. You know, the Empire was involved, but you know, not as actively. You know, we're getting to see some more of the galaxy uh, underbelly, so to speak. And I think that that leads to a, you know a lot of possibilities for the story to go forward. That you don't necessarily have to just circle back to Jedi versus Sith every yep. time. And we've been You're, talking about cloning. Like yeah. we didn't even really touch on that this episode because mm-hmm. like we dropped it like three episodes back. But geez, the cloning stuff, mm-hmm. like we're seeing that in Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. I mean it's seeing that, okay. So again yeah. we'll we'll maybe for our next episode, but I mean that was one thing that I think there we're, we might get more into this is that Obviously, they figured out how to clone midi-chlorians because Snoke is a clone. Spoiler alert. 
you know, they had several Snokes in formaldehyde, you know. So I think, Man, I think that? that's why this baby Yoda, I think this baby Yoda has something to do with that. How bad must how I bad still must, think that? Yeah. How bad must those Snoke clones have been that the one that they put out is actually the good one? Because <laughs> those look look gnarled and whatnot. So, this is the the Who Dat Jedi podcast, and um, we're all Saints fans here. And we've got uh, Carolina on Sunday. We need to beat Carolina, and then Seahawks need to beat San Francisco, uh, San Francisco for us to get the two seed. And if for God, if you're listening, if you can make the Lions pull a Falcons and beat, you know, Green, Green Bay, Bay, we'd be much appreciated. But hey, beggars can't be choosers. We're in the playoffs. But mm-hmm. I did want to end with this little. I don't know if you guys saw this. Um, that um, uh, this little story from when Drew Brees was in um, San Diego. This oh, yeah, just dropped a couple that. days ago. Mm-hmm. That uh, uh, said so the following January, the Chargers coach uh, in coached in the senior bowl where they encountered uh nc state quarterback philip rivers they were armed with the first pick in the draft and the day before the draft on april uh on an april friday schottenheimer uh bumped into drew Brees in the san diego weight room and we were chatting and he's like hey who are we going to draft and schottenheimer said well i said hey hey bro listen you might want to prepare yourself we're going to be taking a quarterback and i tell you i've had to say some hard things to people before, but when I tell you that the serious look, how his eyes went from a real fun, jovial conversation, his eyes just kind of locked in and he looked at me and he said, that would be the worst effing mistake this organization could ever make. And I'm like, Hey man, don't shoot the messenger. And he goes, worst mistake ever. And he walked off and that just made me love my quarterback even more. (laughs) Hey, he's always been confident about his abilities and he's never doubted it. And, What's interesting is, is when he signed up with us, he, he had a choice. He got to go to Miami with Nick Saban or come here. And he, the reason he didn't come go there, came here, is because the Sean Payton and the Brain Trust here trusted him. Well, they and said, Mi- the Miami doctor said he wasn't going to yeah. be able to throw. But, yeah, basically. They didn't the, clear him. Yeah, so. they didn't clear him. They gave him the cold shoulders, pun intended. And they simply said, oh, no, you know, you know we, we can take your leave you. Whereas here, despite all the disaster that happened, after you know, after Katrina, they're like, no, no, we want you here. We want you to be our quarterback. And I had a conversation with my wife after the Super Bowl win mm-hmm. about him. So like, is he this guy a Hall of Famer? Is he a Hall of Famer? And I was like, hey, he's gonna need a couple of more seasons of putting up gaudy numbers. <laughs> and uh, yeah, ten years it. later, ten more years of gaudy numbers, and he's like the all-time leading passer in basically every metric now. And Unfortunately, not in the NFL 100. he's in the top 20 but he's not in the top 10 so anyway that just gives us something more to be bitter about and uh hope for uh, destruction come the playoffs so with that this is the uh who jedi podcast find us on podbean on twitter and on facebook and uh tell your friends enemies loved ones hated ones whatever and have a listen and um we will see you next week with some rise of skywalker and uh but until then, we will see you later and give you a big hoodat. Hoodat. My monkey.